Hello and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Deeker and I'll be talking with you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Today, I want to talk a little bit about the red pill movement. I'm going to talk about what about it I really, really love. And I'm going to talk about the aspects of it that I think many members should be giving a lot deeper thought. Now, I know that this is a topic that runs very closely to some very high emotional topics for guys. It leads closely to a lot of men's pain and suffering that they've experienced over their lives. So before I go on, I want to say this. Life for many men right now is hard. We have been largely displaced from our original roles in society. And the replacement roles of what we're supposed to be as men is ridiculously vague. We are commonly, men are commonly the butt of jokes in the media and in popular TV shows. Uh, Our masculinity is often used to try to shame us into behaving the way that women want us to behave. Suicide rates are up. Divorce courts destroy us. Um, and, And the list goes on. Things can be really, really tough for men. And I honestly believe that any man who takes it upon himself to say, you know what, I want better. I want the world to be better, and I myself don't want to suffer like this. I will not suffer like this again. Any man who's willing to do that, I give my commendation. I give my thumbs up. I'm not here to ridicule any man who wants to make that change, even if I disagree with some of the red pill philosophies. Today's video is largely about exercising caution. When we as men decide on the values we want to pursue when trying to become better men. So if you're red pill now, or if you're thinking about getting more involved in the red pill community, this is the video for you. So I want to start this video with something a little bit left field, but it's going to be apparent why I'm going there shortly. I want to start by talking about attachment theory. Now you may have heard of attachment theory before, so I'm going to give you a really quick rundown of it. You can feel free to skip ahead if you like. Basically, attachment theory uh, thinks about the way that we learned um, to relate to love as little children. And there's sort of two broad ways we can have a secure attachment style to, to love and intimacy, or we can have an insecure attachment style. Now, secure attachment style means that you, as a child, you felt comfortable if mom left the room for a while, you felt safe to know that she'd come back, you felt you felt safe to receive love from mom, you felt okay if mom had a bad day and didn't have as much time for you, you didn't get nervous or anxious about these things. So how are you related to love with, I say mom, mom, dad, caregiver, whatever it is. Insecure attachment style has sort of three, it has two main sort of ways to think about it. You have your avoidant attachment styles and you have your anxious attachment styles. Now there is a third version which is like the worst of both worlds, but I don't want to talk about that today because largely we talk about these two. Now your anxious attachment style is really what we think of when we think of the needy man, right? The guy who's constantly scared his girlfriend's going to leave him. He's he's trying to do everything he can to make his girlfriend like him and impress her and put her on a pedestal and you know, this is your this is your stereotype anxious attachment style, right? Really nervous about anything that could go wrong in a relationship. On the flip side, you have your avoidant attachment style. And your avoidant attachment style deals with the same fears and anxieties. In other words, they're scared that love, they're not going to get love. They're not going to get intimacy. They're scared of the loss. They're, they're, they have all these feelings, but they, they cope with it differently. Avoidant attachment styles, what they do is they become aloof. 
They don't trust anyone. They don't trust women, especially, right? They keep themselves at a distance. They're always a little bit unavailable. They play, they often end up playing games to ensure they maintain power because avoidant attachment style deals with its anxiety by making sure it's always in charge, by making sure it's always got the power in the relationship. That's kind of the what it's signified by there. Now, one of the other things to keep in mind is that anxious attachment style people get into relationships, but they always feel anxious. Avoidant attachment style people may get into relationships, but they never feel like they're really in one. They, they always feel detached and aloof, and they, they, they go through life feeling very lonely. Neither is ideal. You always want to try to move towards becoming a securely attached individual, so you can have deep, deeply intimate, rewarding relationships that aren't filled with anxiety. One other thing I want to say before I explain how this is all related, all relationships, okay, relationships can be one of three things. They can be one of two things. They can be two securely attached adults, and a securely attachment style adult will never date uh, an insecure attached adult. So they'll never date an avoidant or an anxious attachment style person. They'll avoid them like the plague. You can then, alternately, you have a relationship where you have an avoidant and you have an anxious attachment style person. Now, these always go together. You never get two avoidance or two anxious attachment styles. It never works like that. You always get one of each. And what happens then is you get one constantly chasing the other, one constantly trying to get away. And from the external standpoint, this often looks like the avoidance being a, the perpetrator of pain and misery and the, the, the anxious just wanting to be loved and never being able to get it. And so you, you tend to have this like this perpetrator of horrible emotional crimes and this victim. But actually, it's much more complicated than that. But that's often how it looks externally in a simple level and often how it feels when you're in the relationship. So why am I talking about all of this? Well, many, many, not all, but many of the men who get involved in the Red Pill movement are, the first of all, they're insecurely attached. That's their attachment style because they've suffered a lot with women. If you haven't suffered with women, you are unlikely to get involved in the Red Pill movement. But more than that, it's the anxious attachment styles that suffer the most with women. They're, they're the ones who seek to try to improve themselves because they're anxious in relationships. They're always feeling needy. They've felt walked all over by their partners. They've felt used. They've felt abused. They've felt, they've felt taken advantage of. And they realize that life deserve, that they deserve better as men. They want to improve. And so largely, a lot of men who first get into red pill are anxious attachment style. I was anxious attachment style too when I was a younger guy, so I can relate. The other way, by the way, just for interest that I know that a lot of guys who get involved in red pill or anxious attachment style is one of the hallmarks of an anxious attachment style is to lash out strongly emotionally when you get triggered. So to be very um, um, verbally violent <laughs> when you're feeling triggered. And you only need to look at some of my other videos or any videos, really. Anyone who expresses um, um, negative attitudes towards red pill can often be you know, vigorously attacked, like vigorously, um, more than you'd find with people who are emotionally attached. So that's another reason why it's obvious. And what I see in a lot of forums and communities and also the literature that's often talked about in red pill communities is these anxious attached guys are feeling powerless, totally legit. And that's that sucks, that feeling. I've been there. And what happens is the advice that you're given is often, hey, become avoidant attachment, right? Start taking power back. Become that guy who's aloof. Become that guy who women chase after because they can't figure out and they desperately want attention and you're never quite available to them, but you're maintaining all the power in the relationship and you'll have women chasing after you. And I see a lot of that. That's, and I'm going to sort of give examples of where I see very stereotype avoidant attachment styles, but I see that, right? That's what men are often being taught in the red pill community.
And that is really, really, really tempting because all of a sudden you can feel a sense of power, right? Like, oh, screw you women. I was powerless. Now I'm the one in power. Ha <laughs> ha, you can suffer. And I'm not, I'm not making you feel bad about that. I literally went through this journey. Red pill wasn't really a thing when I was a younger man in my early 20s. But I came out of a relationship where I was, I was anxious and I was this anxious guy and I wanted to have the power back. And I did it for a few years. I was like the aloof guy who made women chase after me, never available. And, and it felt good. It felt like, screw you women. You do this to me, I'll do this to you back. Right? How do you like it? And I felt really, really empowered. But it wasn't healthy. It was revenge. You know, I felt desired by women, but I never felt loved by women. I felt feared by women, but I never really felt respected by women. So I had power, but I never really had intimacy. I could feed my carnal desires, but I couldn't feed my soul. And I, so I don't think that this is a mindset that is a healthy mindset for men to aspire towards. It may feel good. It may feel like justified revenge, but I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that's the end point anyway. Even if it's a midway point that you want to go through, hell, I went through it in my own life. So some examples of this that I see coming up, a real great example is the spinning plates uh, notion. Originally um, put forward by Rollo Tomasi in his book, The Rational Male, which, you know, Red Pill isn't just the Rational Male book, but it's largely kind of a part of the Bible or the set of Bibles for the Red Pill movement. And spinning plates is about always having women available so that the woman you're dating knows you've always got options, so that she's always on the back foot, so that you've always got control, so that you've always got power, um, so that she will not stray because she always feels like she has to work to keep you focused on her. That's spinning plates. And spinning plates is stereotype avoidant, like avoidant insecure attachment style stuff, right? It's, it's, it's being unavailable, a little bit unavailable, constantly having other options, keeping your partner on the back foot, making them feel needy, making them feel... Connect with the anxious, insecure attachment style. Because remember I said, you, if you're going to be an avoidant attachment style, you're always going to date people who are an insecure attachment style. So it's going to create the experience of having a woman hold on to you and chase after you. And yes, that can feel empowering. But what you're doing now is you're now what you're doing is you're, you're making someone else the victim. So now what you're doing is you're playing a game to try to victimize the other party. And that's a very stereotype avoidant move. Then, you know, I see a lot too. I, I see it in, in, in Rollo Tomasi's book too. I see a lot of stuff about maintaining power. You've always got to be the one in charge. You are the man. Make sure she, you know, don't always be too available. Don't be available on weekends. Don't live with her. You know, don't do all this kind of stuff because that might upset the power balance. And there's a huge, strong focus on power often, especially in, in the rational male as well. And this is where I know that it's pushing towards um, a style of insecure attachment because secure attachment never focuses much on power balance in a relationship. If you're focused on, or if there is a massive power imbalance, then that's because someone is emotionally unhealthy and not looking after their own needs. So when someone's obsessed with power, you know something's going wrong. It's not a, it's not a healthy emotional way to view the world. So narcissists, stereotypically, one of the ways that we can pick narcissists out is that they're obsessed with power. They're obsessed with status right, and power, because that's, it's just, it's part of an unhealthy emotional um, framework. One of the other things that's dangerous too is to always be focused on how different women are to men, right? So, you know, one of the things that I, I know, I know Rational Male again talked about it, but I know a lot of red pill guys have this, this idea that women don't love men properly. They, they can't, they're not capable of falling in love the same way men are. And that, that's absolutely rubbish. But if you are an anxious attachment style man, it will feel that way because you will constantly be this anxious attachment human being chasing after women who are trying to get away from you. 
clearly women can't love the same way you do because you just love unconditionally. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'm a man, I've been on both sides of the fence. I've been the guy who was anxiously attached, having a woman try to get away from me. I've also been a guy dating an anxiously attached woman, and you know what you feel? Repelled. It is repulsive to have someone anxiously attached to you. Women are perfectly capable of it. Ask any man who, who is avoidantly attached. He'll be surrounded by women who are obsessed with him, uh, but it's not a healthy obsession, right? Both genders can have this. It's not limited. And to go back to the point, intimacy is when you see each other not as different. You focus on how you're the same, right? We both, we're both insecure at times. We both, we both have jealousy at times. We both feel powerless. We both want to be loved. We both want to be respected. We both have all these things. Yes, men and women are different. I'm, I'm not on the bad wagon that we're the same. I don't buy into that. But, but by focusing on how you're the same rather than focusing on how you're different is how you build intimacy, the connection, and respecting the differences that do exist. Now, I, do, I certainly don't want anyone to believe that I just don't like anything out of the Red Pole movement or I don't like anything out of the Rational Male. I love, I love ideas like um, there is no the one, right? Absolutely there is no the one, right? You shouldn't need a woman in your life, right? You absolutely should never need a woman. I, I've been with my partner for 11 years. I love it a bit. So if she left me tomorrow, I'd be devastated. But never for a second would I think I'm never going to find another amazing woman. And never in, for a second would I think I can't function without her, right? I can let her go. I don't want to because I love her, but I'm willing to let her go. So a lot of these lessons, these are really powerful stuff. There's a lot of really great lessons that I love in the Red Pole movement and that I love out of the rational male. I just think that some of them need a little bit further thought. So where would I direct you? Where would I, if you're sitting here thinking, great, Damien, that's all fine and well, but what do you think I should read? What do you think I should learn? If I want to get involved in becoming a better man and having Avoid, like avoiding the pain that can be thrown at me by society, by women, because society does give some pretty crappy lessons to guys. Here are four resources I really think that you should look into. Number one is The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. You've probably heard of the book before. I have seen it running around the traps and being recommended by some red pill guys, which is fantastic. The Way of the Superior Man essentially is going to show you a way to have your personal power as a masculine, strong masculine man without having to drag women down or drag anyone else down or play mind games to ensure you maintain your own personal power. It's a much healthier standpoint. It also teaches you to really love and respect women rather than to fear them and see them as the enemy or someone to be battled with, which I think is really critical. Another book that I think is really important for a lot of guys is a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. Now, No More Mr. Nice Guy is a book written for men who have suffered in relationships, feeling taken advantage of, walked all over, men who largely who are anxious attachment style, not, not exclusively, but largely, men who, who, who feel like they're just going to be used all the time by women. Guys like this need to read No More Mr. Nice Guy because it is written, first of all, by a proper therapist, someone who actually has the degrees, who has the experience to be teaching this stuff. But he really teaches men to understand where they themselves are at fault. It's taking some responsibility for their own nice guy stuff, taking responsibility for their own anxious attachment style stuff that they're dealing with um, in a way that allows them to move forwards in life without ever being taken advantage of again. But it, it, it addresses it from a much healthier vantage point. So you'll see a lot of crossover in the ideas between Rolla Tomasi and No More Mr. Nice Guy, but No More Mr. Nice Guy has a much healthier viewpoint of how men should be working on themselves. Another book that you may have heard of before that I do highly recommend is a book called Iron John. I didn't enjoy reading it, but it had some really valuable stuff in it about what it means to be a man, what it means to grow up and become a man and become an empowered man. Iron John is a big one. And lastly, definitely not least, 
I think every man who's who's in the Red Pole movement and wants to improve himself should get really, really familiar with Shadow Work by Carl Jung. Um, Jungian Shadow Work, basically a lot of what men suffer with, and women, human beings actually in the modern world, suffer with avoiding their shadow self. So your shadow is the part of you that you don't want to believe, you don't want to think about being there. It's your, it's your, it's your dark masculine fantasies, all that kind of stuff, and it's the parts of you that you're ashamed of that you try to keep hidden women have a shadow self they've got their dark feminine as well and if that comes out and basically if you don't work if you don't honor your shadow self it will come it will come and it will hurt you in the real world and it will hurt others and it will make the world a worse place so if you can understand your shadow self and shadow work it's really going to help you a lot as a man become a more fully integrated healthy adult male uh, an adult male that just will not suffer in the way that you've suffered in the past and you don't have to do that by taking it out on other people or by hurting women or by becoming closed off from the world because you feel like the world is against you. None of this is necessary. So yes, my aim is to really make you aware of who you want to become and who you should want to become as a securely attached male. Look into attachment style to learn more about it, but that's the direction that you want to move. If you move that direction, you are becoming the kind of man who will not suffer the way that you suffered before and cannot suffer no matter what society is trying to throw you, at least not when it comes to interpersonal relationships with women, your relationship to women and the feminine. That's what I want you all, that's the, the message that I want to pass on in this video. I hope that I haven't angered too many guys in this, because if I've angered you, I'm not going to get through to you, and then I can't help steer you in a healthy direction. That's what I want to do. I don't want to make anyone feel stupid or embarrassed or like they've done something wrong, or like I think they've done something wrong. This is really me trying to help men in general. That's it, and thank you for watching today's podcast. As a high five for taking the time to learn today, you can head over to schoolofattraction.com forward slash personality test to complete our scientifically backed attraction personality test, which will help you uncover the areas you most need to work on based on your personality assessment. Take care, and I look forward to bringing you my next podcast.